the show going, man. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Coach Ty, and I'm here with Coach Hines. How's it going, Coach? Fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited for this uh, this podcast. So today's topic we're going into is uh, the advice for young coaches. But before we get into that, Kurt, I just want to go into, I want to let everybody know we do have a, a Instagram page that we'd love for you guys to come and follow us on there. It's uh, for what it's worth coaching. And then also uh, stay tuned for at the end of the podcast, we have a little commercial for uh, GameStrat, who is... Gracious enough to help us out uh, on getting us started, but uh, let's get let's head, head on into the taste topic as uh, advice for young coaches. Kurt, yeah, you know it, it started for me. We uh, we just wrapped up our season. You know, uh-huh. we, we mentioned in episode three that we'd finished the regular season at seven and three, uh, great season and, and a huge turnaround, and uh, we unfortunately lost in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the reason I mention that because it still ah it still hurts, <laughs> still hurts. Um, but the reason I mention that is because I've started something several years back. I'm sure most coaches are. I'd be surprised, actually. I'd like to hear some feedback. But um, I think most coaches probably sit down with their staffs, not just collectively, but individually. And that's something I started to do. Uh, and I have to give credit to my athletic director back in New Hampshire. It was actually something he had done for years. So it was kind of forced upon me at first. But uh, I, I adopted it and, and do it now and love it. But I sit down with each of my coaches one-on-one also after the season. Really just a chance for them to speak first. And then I always try to share something with them. So I was thinking about some of the coaches I have, and I'm blessed with a great staff. Uh, some are coaches who have been coaching for 30-plus years, who have been in the game and know the game really well, uh, the ins and the outs. And uh, I had several young men who are uh, two military in the Navy and uh, first-year coaches. Another one who's a second-year coach. So I, I put something out there on Twitter about uh, advice for young coaches, and that's what we're really going to dive into today. But the more I think about this, it's, it's not just advice for young coaches because this advice applies to, in my opinion, all of us. You know, and, and I stress the word us because uh, even even though you and I have been coaching for uh, collectively over 35, 40 years, something right. that's kind of crazy, um, you always need to continue to kind of have a little – Check in where where we are, you know, mentally and spiritually and physically with with our own game. And you know, we talk to the players all the time about always working on their craft and getting better. Mm-hmm. And we need to practice what we preach as far as coaches as well. Um, the first one I had on on the list here was knowing your why. Mm-hmm. You know, we we talk about that often. We'll talk about it on our podcast often. Uh, I think knowing your why in life, in sports, in marriage, in business, in anything is paramount because I think too many coaches get into the sport because they love playing it but don't understand that it's not about them anymore right. you know and as coaches and you mentioned this a few podcasts back you know when you make that transition into coaching uh, it's it's not about us and, and you have to understand that if, if our why is just to win games we're either not going to last in the, in, in the sport that long as coaches um, and even if we do even if we're fortunate enough to walk into a position where we're part of a successful program if, if your why is only to win games then you're not going to be fully invested when you're not winning games mm-hmm. and the young man or young woman you coach are going to see a difference in you if your why is just to win games so I, I think the first uh, thing for me on my list is knowing your why and 
really having it something that you could share the just a moment's notice with someone, having something that you're that clear about and that that passionate about, where you can express explain and express to anyone what your purpose is for coaching. Yeah, and definitely when you keep that that why and you revisit it, and it's nice to be able to revisit it, especially when you when you talk about having that uh, coaches meeting at the end, kind of like getting to know the why your other coaches are in there too. Because if everyone kind of retouches back on uh, why they're there, why they're coaching, um, they keep that passion going. You know, once you lose that side of the why you were there, you kind of lose that pa- passion. You get in that monotonous state of going practice, home, practice, watching film, practice, getting the bad, you know, you get into that monotonous every single day you're doing the same thing. When you retouch your why, you get re-motivated, you get re-in-touch and re-engaged with the kids. It's always good to know your why at, at, at any time during the season. And if you feel like you're losing it, it's always good to just talk to and share something, you know, with that coach just to, so they can remind you of that why. You know, sometimes you need a reboot. Absolutely. All right. And then number two, uh, we get, give 100% to each job you're asked to do. Um, you know, it, why is always going to be number one, and then all these kind of like are subcontractors off that why because it keeps you engaged there. But if if you are asked to do a job, you know, like I was a get back coach for you, Kurt. Yes, you, you were. Know, I was. Uh, you were you know, a heck of a uh, get back coach. <laughs> I enjoyed it. You know, some of the kids uh, didn't like me because I told them to get back way too many times, and I got mean sometimes. But you know, I think for me, I knew I didn't know a lot about football. I'm a baseball coach, like you know everyone knows already, but. When I got in that field, you gave me that job, and that was the one job. And that, you know, it, it seems so small, but during the game, you really see how big it is. You know, keeping that area over. You know, it seems small, but you know, I took I took one hundred percent ownership of it. Yeah. And go ahead. Well, I I, I think <laughs> for me, you know, and I, I'm going to misquote this, so I'll, I'll paraphrase. But Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is quoted in saying, "You know, if you're a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper you can be." And I believe it was Dr. King, and and, and I love that because. So many people, I think, aspire to be the guy, the head coach, or the coordinator, or the batting coach, you know, and don't understand that in order for any program to be successful, every little piece of that puzzle has got to be put together in the right place, and not one person, no matter who you are, can do it all. Mm-hmm. So given that, that responsibility, whatever it is, a get-back coach, filming on Friday nights, stopping that film at the right time, uh, entering stats, whatever it is, it may not be the most... Uh, prestigious or luxurious or glamorous job uh, but if you do it to the best of your ability and you give 100% not only are you really serving beyond just uh, yourself and that's what it's all about being a selfless team player uh, but you're also showing the people that might be um, looking for other people to move up the ladder move up the rank mm-hmm. that you do take pride in what you do so, so I think that's so important for number, for number three here I put down be humble you know, I, I think, uh, especially in the sports world, there is so much masculinity. Yes. You know, and, and, and from the from the men's sport world that the side that we're in, and you want to be strong, you want to be powerful, you want to be dominant, and there's, there's a lot of good that can come from that, but there's also lacking a lot of humility, and I think regardless of what our roles are. Uh, for young coaches, when you get into the game you're coaching, be humble. And what I mean by that is, man, when I, when I started coaching, I knew the game of football really well. But it wasn't until my first, second, third year coaching that I realized how little I knew mm. compared to people who have been coaching for years. And one of two things, in my opinion, can happen there. When you realize really 
you know, look at yourself in the mirror and realize you have a lot to learn. You can try to mask that and hide it and, and for lack of better words, BS your way through things. Yes. Or you can be humble and, and say to other coaches, hey, explain that that drill to me or explain why you would make that call and really learn. And I think there's a lot of power in humility because it, it, it sets you free of having to fake it. Right. Know? Right. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, in the baseball world, I, you know, I know there's a, you know, baseball, there's a lot of baseball players and, you know, some of them go up through the, the ranks of, uh, you know, going through D1 college and then they're in the minors and then they, they may or may not make it to the pros when they realize that, you know, hey, you know, I'm up against the world, not just the United States. But then they come back um, to, you know, to their hometown or wherever and they start coaching baseball. Well, Yes, they have a lot of knowledge of the game, and they know certain drills and stuff. But sometimes you don't, you don't really know how to reach the kids. You know, you're you're stuck in that locker room talk. You're stuck in that, you know, uh, making fun of you know making fun of each other where you, where you grow up. And this could roll into another one. It'll be later on, in, in the, which is having thick skin. But um, reality is, is like it's it's great you know the sport, but do you know how to reach the kids? Do you know how to um, talk to parents? Do you know how to be play that political field uh, out there where you're able to bring that whole community together. And I think that's one of the tough things because uh, I still feel that sports all the way through, maybe even some colleges, that sports brings a community together. Not only through the players or the coaches, but the community itself. You know, you, know, you see these um, Netflix, you know, uh, the JUCOs that are out there in Georgia where, you know, they have these great winning um, traditions over there and they have this small town, just like it it's, means everything to that small town. So being able to be uh, humble enough to be coached to realize, hey, I'm more than just this inside the gridiron or between the foul lines or on the volleyball court or whatever. There's a whole community that's surrounded by that. And, and there, when you're able to bring it all together and be humble about it, bring it together, you're going to thrive not only as a coach, but as a mentor, but as a second father or mother. Um, so being humble is very important, not just for those kids, but the community around you. Yeah, well said. Yeah, no, number four on our list is one that I'm still working on. And, and, that, <laughs> and that's not to say that we have, we have seven uh, things you know, listed here, but that's, it's not to say that I've mastered the other six. But number four is listen to learn, not simply to respond. And I think so many of us as husbands, I know I've gotten better over the years, but I, I think anyone listening to this can attest that so often when you have someone you love hurting and going through something, you want to just fix it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and I'm listening to my wife or I'm listening to my player or I'm listening to other coaches and I just want to fix it. And I, I think it's with the best of intentions, but listening to learn, not to respond. I think it's, it's a great thing sometimes when someone can share something with you in a coaching standpoint, you know, and you can just truly humble yourself enough to listen to what they're sharing. It might be teaching you something new. It may be spawned from an argument you had about why a certain play was called or you had a certain package in or whatever it was, but listening to learn. Um, for young coaches especially because so often we just came out of the game ourselves and we think we know it all. Yep. Just listening to learn and give yourself time to reflect. Definitely. And also with now with social media out there and I know you know this Kirk because uh, you do this uh, you're on Twitter and 
have a lot of followers and stuff, but you know, sometimes. Well, wait a minute. The, the disclaimer here, Coach Ty, is uh, you are you're on Twitter also. Aren't you? I, I am on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not as active as you are, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I do need a <laughs> or fortunately, I need to step up my Twitter and Instagram game. <laughs> Uh, but with that, there, you know, you're reaching a, a broader audience, and you know, someone's going to say something that you're just not going to like or not agree with, and sometimes you're going to have to like massage it a little bit. You can't just, you know, think about your words or your actions or how you're going to respond, because not only you know you're a young coach and moving on, but you you may aspire to to go up in the ranks, and you may say something wrong in the Twitter field or Facebook field to where. You know, that college or high school's checking it out, and they're like, well, is this the kind of coach that we want coaching our kids that can't, you know, um, respond in a proper way? Yeah. You know, and, you know, foul language or, you know, saying stuff inappropriate on there. But, you know, just you got to really sit back. You know, you're not going to like everything you learn uh, here, but uh, you're going to have to sit back and just kind of like listen and uh, just kind of like think about your response. Well, and it, remi- <laughs> it reminds me of a, a quote I had heard years ago. That said, sometimes silence is golden. Mm. Sometimes it's just plain yellow. Yes, and you know, so, sometimes silence is a powerful thing, and we don't need to respond. Correct. Whether it's to a critic or someone else, and just listen. And sometimes, you know, you need to step up. Kind of go right. You have right to in. agree to disagree. Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it ties right into number five as far as having thick skin. Definitely. That's something that uh, I know. My my first few years as a coach, um, as an assistant coach, wasn't really an issue with me. Because when you lose a game, it usually falls upon the head coach. And it wasn't until I got my first stint as a head coach in Bedford, New Hampshire. In our first season, we lost every single (laughs) game. And and I joke about this, and I've said this before, but when you walk through shaking hands, no one even lied to us and said, great game. They just said, wow, beautiful field, great stadium. (laughs) And we were were that bad. We were really that bad. Um, and that, that took thick skin, and, and as we started to have success, I realized that even more so you need to have thick skin because people expect you to win all the time. And sometimes we would win a game by 40 points, but a certain father, whose son may have been the quarterback or receiver, if we didn't pass enough in that game, they were chirping in the stands or saying things behind your back. And It's, it's really something with, uh, you know, Coach Ty and I mentioned that we, we don't want to use this platform to, to preach to people, but at the same time we are open with our faith. I had heard a song years ago called Audience of One. And it was talking about living your life to Christ, living your life to God. And I had this one uh, particular season. We had gone to the, the semifinals and uh, had done really well. And I, I let the, the, the fathers get the better of me. We had a very successful season, but I, I, I didn't have thick skin. And I had said at the end of the season banquet one time, I said, hey, I got some great news. And I listed off five high schools who had head coaching position openings. And I said, if any – this is true. I, I said, if any of you fathers or mothers want to apply for that job and don't want to just support your sons in the stands, I'd be happy to write you a letter, a letter of recommendation. And I get a lot of emails from parents saying, coach, great, great job, well done, well said. You, know, you got them. Because a lot of the parents knew who I was talking to mm-hmm. without mentioning it. Um, and in the moment, it felt good. The more I, I kind of digested that, Mark, it, it, it was horrible. It was horrible yeah. because I lost sight of why I was coaching. I mm-hmm. lost sight of my why. If we're coaching just to please the parents, we're never going to be happy. No. Never going to be successful. No. If we're coaching because we truly want to empower young men and change lives and, and make the world a better place through this platform we've been blessed with, it, it, it'll change things. For, for, for me, that was a huge humbling moment to just have thick skin and realize, you know what? 
they're not even attacking me. No. They, they, in that case, they are, but sometimes, you know, they, there's too much going on in their personal lives or they're thinking just about their son's success. And as we know, baseball, football, most sports, almost all of them are team sports. And you really have to focus on uh, the big picture. And often parents with the best of intentions are not focusing on the big picture. Right. They're, they're looking just at their son or daughter's performance, playing time, and, and success. Definitely, definitely. You know, it's funny when you bring back the team sports. Like my son Russ runs cross country. And I didn't realize how much of a team sport it actually is on, on where you finish. So um, it's one of those things, like, as a dad, I'm, like, thinking about my son. But I was like, holy cow, there's a team sport here, too, that, you know, hey, move up. You need to move up to help your team out. So I'm learning another sport, which is which is awesome. It is. You know, that's, like, listen to learn, you know, which is cool. So, you know, uh, having thick skin, you're going back to your being yourself. Um, I think all that ties together being yourself because – as a young coach, you're going to be an assistant coach, or you're going to be a position player coach, or um, you got to be able to be able to take uh, what is it called? Uh, I forget what it's called. Shoot, um, constructive criticism. constructive criticism. Yes. Right. There you go. We're thinking on the same page. Great. I'm glad my my left mind is working for me. But uh, <laughs> you got to be able to take that constructive criticism because you know you don't you don't you're not going to know everything. You're going to come out of sport. You're going to go off on how you uh, played. And I know I had a problem with that because I'm a catcher by, by trade. And I played hard. My I played – my uniform was dirty every time I played. It didn't matter if I was playing high school, adult league, softball, or playing against my five-year-old son. I came home dirty. So um, you can't expect the other kids to – you've got to be able to take that constructive criticism from other coaches who coach that position or coach baseball or football before to be able to help – guide you in the right direction what works what doesn't work and you know having that thick skin to to uh take that it, it goes a long way and being yourself i know this stuff's not going to go right at all i i just recently uh, we just got a new head coach at uh at the high school i coach at right now and um he, he knew me from the coaching circuit here you know in chula vista but uh, he didn't really know me know me um he gave me an assignment because i reached out to him letting him know i'm still able to uh to coach at a volunteer level because of my work schedule but he came up to me later later and i was just going to be like a roving coach between you know freshman and jv and he came up to me later on and said hey mark you know hey i'm sorry i didn't know you were a varsity coach last year you know that's why i wanted to see if you wanted to work with the um uh the outfielders i was like you know it, it doesn't bother me you know going back to your why and stuff it didn't bother me because i'm out here on the field i'm working i'm helping an organization a program you have your coaching staff you brought in already. I'm just here to help help facilitate. You know, later on when people, you know, people are going to come in and out, as you know, as coaching. You know, being able to, hey, be ready as a young coach or a person who's just there, be able to jump into that spot in a moment's notice. You know, he may not be, the head coach may not be able to find somebody and like, okay, hey, buddy, friend or whatever, uh, you're going to be, you know, my new offensive coordinator or, you know, my new linebackers coach. And be able to, Put yourself 100% into that job and, and them knowing you put 100% into being, you know, the get-back coach or the, the assistant linebackers coach or the assistant running backs coach, being able to thrust yourself into that new uh, responsibility as an offensive coordinator or, or whatever. Um, but last one is realize there's more to being a head coach than you ever know until you become a head coach. Now, I'm not, I haven't been a – I've been a little league head coach, but I haven't been a high school level head coach as of yet. Uh, I aspire to be. 
Um, just right now, my time schedule, I, I couldn't be put in the time or effort into it that is needed. But I know you, Kurt, you were thrust into it pretty quickly. So uh, hopefully you can share, you know, and though you've got plenty to share about that. Yeah, you know, and the, the biggest thing for me was just, it was a humbling experience. I, I actually said to my wife just this weekend, I was uh, responding to quite a few different emails. Now, some of these were about fundraising we're doing for New Jersey's. Some of these uh, the emails were about the weight room that we uh, have almost completed. Uh, some were about players and just, I, I said to my wife, you know, I, it's so much easier to be a position coach. Mm-hmm. You have your one position, your one job, you focus on that. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the reason I want to be a head coach uh, both times I've been a head coach now twice once in New Hampshire and now here in uh, <clears throat> Coronado um, was because you get to hand select in many cases the, the men you surround yourself with yep. and you, you get to um, share your why your passion and in the best case scenarios have guys in your staff that maybe don't have the exact same why but have similar whys um, and I guess my suggestion for younger coaches that uh, do see that because all too often there's a uh, it's kind of like moths to a light. You know, it looks attractive to, to be that yes. head coach, and then they see after the game the, the interviews or different things in the paper. Um, and there, are, there's a lot of fun that goes with that. Um, but my suggestion to younger coaches is ask if that is an aspiration of yours. Ask to sit down with a friend or a head coach of your own and say, "What does your typical day look like?" Mm-hmm. Because it, it truly is year round, or at least I know it is for myself, uh, and it's something I, I, I welcome. But being a head coach is, I, I, I liken it to babysitting and being a parent. You know, babysitting has its challenges sometimes. Definitely. Definitely. You know, but at a certain time, you know that parent's going to show up. Mm-hmm. You're going to get paid for what you did, and you can walk away and, and do whatever you'd like. When you parent, that child is yours, right. good or bad, you know, the highs, the lows, you name it. Um, and I, for me, I'm going to go back for a second to number six real briefly as far as being yourself. I think there's, there's a danger in watching successful high school, college, professional coaches. And I think there's a danger sometimes in people looking at that particular coach that's had success as far as wins and losses. And they think, well, that coach never smiles. He's always yelling at his players. That's how I want to be. Or that coach has this type of relationship with his players, so that's how I'm going to respond. And I think that one of the best things we can do for our young men that we coach, young women, is be ourselves. You know, teach them to do the same thing, but have them realize that not everyone needs to be a yelling or a screamer. Not everyone's going to give you a hug at the end of practice. Not everyone's going to look you in the eye when they have, you know shake your hand. They should. Yeah, you and should, I, yeah. you and I are big on that. But um, to be yourself and to realize that you can have a Bill Belichick who is without a doubt going to go down to the you know in the Hall of Fame for for coaching. I'm a Cowboys fan. It pains mm-hmm. me to, to say that. Um, <laughs> But you can have a Tony Dungy or a Tom Landry, coaches that are completely different, not better or worse, just completely different, but are true to themselves. Right. Um, just to go down the list, one thing, I know we want to wrap this up here shortly. Uh, the seven things we came up with as far as suggestions or advice for young coaches or any coach. The number one was knowing your why. Uh, number two? Uh, give 100% to each job you're asked to do. Three is being humble. And four is listen to learn, not simply to respond. I'm still working on that. Yeah, still I know. That's so a tough one. Uh, five is to have thick skin. And number six is be yourself. And number seven, to wrap it all up, is realizing that there's a heck of a lot more that goes into being a head coach than you'll ever know until you become one yourself, if you're blessed enough to. And uh, if that's a goal of yours, to don't wait until you're a head coach. Right. You know, Start, start asking questions. Start, you know, I, I know my son wants to – 
is, is in the academy now to become a firefighter, and you've been very successful in your uh, how many years now as a firefighter? Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen years, and uh, you've you've opened the door and off you know offered for him to come uh, visit you at the station and learn some things, and there's a lot of power in that. So, if you're a young coach and you you have aspirations of becoming a head coach at any point or not, uh, take some of these to heart. Look at yourself in the mirror and see what you can do to to continue to grow in your own uh, profession. Yeah, and, and if you are a young coach and you are listening to this, you know, we do have an Instagram account that you can go ahead and uh, put, pop up some questions and uh, Coach Hines or Coach Ty will definitely uh, like to respond to you and, and help you out in any way we can. So our that, Instagram that, page, I'm yeah, sorry. The, the page is uh, for what it's worth coaching. Definitely, and then uh, hit it up and, and, and share it with your friends and uh, and other coaches that are, are – uh, are either in the game for over 20 years or just starting out too. So hopefully we can reach out and help anybody who can. So uh, we're at 24 minutes and 30 seconds. So I think we're going to have to wrap this one up, Kurt. As we usually say, take it for what's worth and uh, stay strong. Stay strong. And that's for what it's worth coaching podcast. Two coaches' opinions on what matters most. And hang out because we have a little something for you from GameStrat. For what it's worth coaching podcast is brought to you by GameStrat. No more waiting for clips to load or having devices disconnect. GameStrat delivers videos instantly to devices and maintains a strong connection the entire time of your game. Coach Hyde has been using this this whole time with Coronado, and we're wondering how, how did it uh, help out your game and coaching strategies during the game, Coach? All I'm going to say is, coaches, if you're not using GameStrat, you're missing out. It is the latest cutting-edge uh, technology where no longer do we have to wait till Saturday mornings during film session to break down and correct mistakes we're making in live time, we have the opportunity within seconds to get the play that we just ran on the iPad right in front of us, in front of our players, to show them how we can correct it and continue to move forward in the game. It's like making halftime game adjustments during the game. It's, it's game changing. We uh, also get to give them a shout out for their their customer service. They are top notch. Whenever we reach out to them, they get to us right away, fix any issues we may be having, and uh, help us get back on track. It's uh. It's something you, I wouldn't want to coach again without. Cool. That's great to hear. And thanks again, Came Strap, for helping us out. We'll talk to you later. Bye.